Right, are you ready then, mate? Shall we? I am more than ready. Right then, let's do this bloody thing. Hello and thank you for listening to episode 340 of 60MW. I'm Dave. And I'm Tom. And this is the Decade of Decadence show for February 2021, brought to you by Dean of the Dead Hot Horror Sources, of which, well, Tom, we said in the January show, didn't we, about he'd got the two, two, three even, three new hot rubs that he's got out. We said about Dean of the Dead Productions that he's got. More news about Dean is he's working on some new sources, mate. Some new secret sources. How about that? To add to the range. Yes, more. Give us more. Give us more. All the time, give us some more stuff. And on top of that, he has got two secret collaborations uh, cooking, as it were, in the background Mm. that uh, we were just talking about before we went on air. And very exciting. Very exciting. They are very exciting. We're not allowed to say anything else on air, but trust me, there's some great news coming from uh, Dean. So make sure, as always, to follow him on his social media. All the links are in the podcast notes. And uh, buy his products, of which you can now buy them via Amazon UK, which is, is really good. He said um, he's in the process of uh, zhuzhing up his Amazon page a little bit, getting the branding going on everything. And of course, you can buy his sources through Amazon via the Amazon link on our website. That way, you're helping Dean out by buying his products and you're helping us out as well. And it doesn't cost you a penny more and we can't see who you are and all that kind of stuff. Uh, So yeah, buy through Amazon on the website and buy his hot sources. And finally, still on Dean, he's working on some new labels. If you follow him on his Instagram you'll see the new design he's got for the labels for his hot sauces too, which look really cool as well. So, uh, yeah, a lot to catch up on with Dean if you don't already follow him on his social media outlets. So, oh, I can't wait to try some new sources, mate, as always. Yes, be... definitely. I was just yeah, just saying before we uh, started recording, going to have to uh, make an order. Yeah, definitely going to have to make an order, get, some, get stocked up again. It's, uh, you know, some spring, summer on the way, perfect time, barbecue weather coming back in. But like we've said on these shows, we just we just chuck his sauces onto everything that we eat anyway, don't we? It doesn't pretty much, pretty much. It doesn't matter what it is, just throw it all on there. It's all good. Ah, right. Eighties related stuff, mate, before we get onto the two films. I've got a few things. Um I wanna start because Cheryl Baker of Bucks Fizz. Bucks Fizz, who of course won the Eurovision Song Contest. 40 years ago in April, mate. It's the 40th anniversary this year of Bucks wow, Fizz winning. That's, uh, that's something. Isn't that crazy? And um, we we haven't released our show with Charles Baker yet, have we, under our remastered series here? No, not yet. So that that's one that I think we should release that in April to time with the 40th anniversary of them winning. That'll be the perfect time to, to re-release that one. Uh, it sounds good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's a few things that are going to be re-released 
there's a couple of um again if you're old school 80s picture house listeners you would have hopefully have heard of these two shows that we did looking back 80s music videos two shows tom i looked at when we released these and once again had a bit of a shock when i saw that they were released um, part one was right at the end of february and part two was right at the beginning of march 2014 seven years ago oh my lord seven <laughs> seven years ago oh dear um so for everybody that didn't hear those uh of course that's why we re-released the these shows part one is with stephen Pilato. he's a, a music historian a music video historian uh, and you can check out his website now it's music oh let me get this right it's goldenageofmusicvideo.com is his website um and it's a great chat with him he takes us through the years 1976 to 93 uh, we chat about MTV, we chat about long-form music videos, movie crossover videos, uh, his best and worst music videos, much, much more. It's a really good, uh, interesting and informative show where, I mean, we learned a lot about music videos during that time, I know. And I recently re-listened to it and it's, uh, I was, oh my God, yeah, I'd totally forgotten about that. And then we're going to follow that up with part two, which we did with Keith Williams. He's a visual conceptualist. Now then, here's, here's a tease for a show, mate, if ever there was one. So Keith talks about, and among other things, the uh, he created the first music video image ever shown on MTV. I mean, come on, what's, what's more 80s than that? Uh, <laughs> of course, his Buggles video killed the radio star. He's worked with musical artists that include Elton John, Spando Bally, Fleetwood Mac, Billy Joel, Tina Turner, Madonna, Lionel Richie, Alice Cooper... Uh, he's worked with Hollywood directors that include Russell Mulcahy, who we recently uh, re-released our interview show with, Toby yes. Hooper. Uh, you're going to hear stories about all of that, and including, and there's some hilarious stories. I was laughing my arse off re-listening to this show. Uh, pitching concepts to Michael Jackson for Billie Jean and Beat It. Creating the music video for Peace in Our Life for, <laughs> for the movie Rambo, First Blood Part 2. And then directing Frank Stallone in it. Uh, who's another one that we did an interview show as well. You're going to find out Elton John's pet name for Keith uh, and for John Lennon as well, working on the concept for the Ghostbusters video, chatting horror movies with Alice Cooper, and the reason that Bonnie Tyler's holding out for a hero is shot in the Grand Canyon. I mean, what a tease for a couple of shows that are upcoming. <laughs> Unreal. What? Wow, yeah, it's, they're just full of in, just incredible trivia about music videos and they're just brilliant yeah they're yeah. just you'll learn a lot mm -hmm. they're, they're so good even though we say so ourselves and i'm going to release those uh in march as well so you're going to have the march decade of decadent show to listen to and uh, of course those two and i'm going to release them back to back so that'll be uh, a monday and a thursday one week though in march those two shows are going to come out so that's good um yeah i, d I don't know how I, I sort of segued into that because i did start talking about cheryl baker didn't i and that was yes yeah um yeah she's she's going through our time at the moment as of course a lot of people are but she's been on um, a few programs on the television because she's selling her clothes and everything because of everything that's happening uh live performers of course are not able to perform live um so she's feeling the pension is selling a load of clothes off etc which is like oh god and i know these people are in a lot worse situations and she of course said that as well but it's just that she was so nice when we talked to her and you remember, mm. mate, I went and um, to meet them and recorded with 
box fizz and uh, oh they were so nice and then they insisted that i stop for the show so you know my memories of them are really and it was a cracking show as well yeah yeah i remember you uh, i remember when you went and then you were like oh you ended up at the show as well so yeah and i, I remember what i uh, what a good evening that was and a great time it was meeting them oh yeah I, I can't say enough good things about them how lovely they were having a chat in the dressing room and then you know here's me as regular listeners know 80s hair metal freak uh rocking out at a bucks fizz gig that was really bloody good <laughs> and i'll happily say it was a cracking gig uh so yeah I know as well, things that have been on the TV that were, that suddenly came up, I think it was on breakfast television one morning, uh, that another another 40th anniversary to tie in with uh, Bucks Fizz winning the Eurovision Song Contest. There's a Dynasty reunion. It's 40 years since Dynasty started, or obviously for our American listeners, Dynasty. And do they say, I think, do they say Dynasty as well in Australia? Or am I getting that wrong? Do you know that? If anyone should know, Dave, it's you. <laughs> the kiss album the kiss album. Yeah. I, I know definitely it's dynasty in america um obviously well, yeah i mean that's how it's that's how it's spelt with a y yeah i don't know why we call it dynasty with but it's not a d it's not d-i-n so yeah it is a bit weird, I would, isn't it yeah i'd call it dynasty yeah but... uh if you go to dynastyreunion.com uh you'll see that they're having on saturday march the 20th this year and it kicks off at 7 p.m. UK time. Work out the time um, wherever you're listening to from that. And it's all to raise funds for research into long COVID. And it's the stars of Dynasty. They're reuniting. And um, as well as an auction where you'll be able to buy stuff from Dynasty, there's going to be a quiz. You're going to be doing a quiz with members of Dynasty. Oh, what? <laughs> That's like amazing. On what? I don't well on Dallas. I would have biology. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that would really fox everyone, wouldn't it? You tune in and it's all questions about that. Uh, names that are taking part, a lot of them don't mean anything to me. I didn't watch Dynasty, so no, but, neither did I. But a lot of people did. Obviously, Tina's. You seem very it. excited for something you didn't. Watch. Yeah, you'll soon find out why I'm excited, mate. All okay, will okay. make sense. Uh, so, there's people that are taking part. Again, Dynasty fans, you'll be whooping in a hole in as I say these names. Scott Mills, Michael Prayad, he's he's a name I know. Ray Abruzzo, Catherine Oxenberg, Catherine Oxenberg, recognise her. Maxwell Coldfield, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Stephanie Beecham, of yeah. course. Terry Garber, Gordon Thompson, Jack Coleman, John James, Heather Locklear. Nice. Yeah. Well, yeah, speaking of nice and Heather Locklear, uh, in September of this year, she'll be 60, mate. And you know what that oh. makes You know what that makes her eligible for? Oh, no. That makes her eligible, <laughs> yes, for my OAP hot list in September. So uh, get ready for the September Decade of Decadence show. Speaking of which, it's time to cue just a, just a little bit of music, mate. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Please don't. Yeah. Let me go real close to the microphone. As I retract the mic. <laughs> well, around the subject of my OAP hot list and Dynasty, there's one more person that's going to take part in that. And it's Emma Sams, who was on the Breakfast, Breakfast TV show that was watching about it. 
And at the back end of last year, she was 60. So she is now the latest entry into my OAB hot list, mate. Because she was looking very fine indeed. <laughs> somebody, somebody, unfortunately, not taking part is the the original entry into my OAB hot list. Joni, Dame Joan Collins, is not taking part, unfortunately. Um, but even, I think she's 87 now. And she's still the the oldest person alive, at least, that's in my OAP hot list. Oh, God, we don't want to know about the dead people on your OAP hot list. I'm not <laughs> sure we want to know about your OAP hot list, but... Let's move on to my necrophilia hot list. <laughs> so, yeah. Welcome, Emma Sams, and yeah, get ready. Welcome. Get ready later in the year, Heather Lockley. I'm sure she. I'm sure they're both thrilled at this prospect. <laughs> I feel like I should send them an award or something for it. I should join in on the auction and announce it on uh, March the twentieth. So, hijack uh, yeah. the call. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Dynasty, forty years. Well. Well, well, how to follow that? I will follow that with something, if I may. Of course, I shall take a sip of coffee while you do, if you don't mind, mate. Well, so it's a more of a follow-up to last month. Obviously, um, I was heavily um, pressuring you to watch Cobra Kai, mm-hmm. and not you only were. have you started, you've already done a season, have you not? Love your soundbox. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm into season two, mate. Into season two. Can you believe that? I'm, I'm assuming you're enjoying it then. I am. And it is. And again, it's, it is because out of everybody that was going on at me to watch it, it is solely because of you that I did start watching it. And the tipping point being when you said uh, that you've got friends who don't, who don't really like the Cry Kid films. And they're watching it and enjoying it. With the added bonus that it's only 20-odd minutes an episode, more or less. Yeah. Um, and that, and that's true. You don't... Because I, I don't... I'm not a big Karate Kid fan. I find the um, the character of Daniel LaRusso very annoying, <laughs> to say the least. Of which he is, I'm finding, in the TV show. Um, but thankfully, we have good old Johnny Lawrence, despite being a bit of a dick. I'm cheering for him in every episode. Uh, yeah, it's 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 got the eighties cheese. It's got the eighties rock music. Uh, there's I, I like the way that it it's grounded in the eighties, but with a lot of the things that happen and with the dialogue, it ties it into today and the way that the world has changed in just that short time from the eighties until now, and sort of how Johnny Lawrence is quite often a fish out of water. Yeah. With, with a lot of things going on, <laughs> that's uh, that, that's you know that's quite funny. Uh, I read just the other day. I know um, because there's three series, isn't there, at the moment on Netflix, and it's been renewed for series four and five. Yes, I, I am a little bit worried because you know even when I'm really enjoying something, it'll go. Ah, oh, I've had enough now. <laughs> so, I whether that'll happen or not remains to be seen. But as well, I'm, I think three or four episodes into season two, 
I'm still having a good time with, with it. So um, I'll be very surprised if uh, um, you get bored of it because the storytelling is quite consistent and it just gets better and better. And also uh, the um, creators have said they've got it all mapped out, like what they're going to do, how it's, how it's going to go. So Oh, well, that sounds right then. So is there, is there definitely going to be, you know, when it does end, there's going to be a proper... Because I hate that... I mean, that's really cheered me up that they've got it mapped out because I hate it when new series are made purely because the series previous was really popular and they make yeah. it because it was popular and not because they've got a good story to tell. That's a pain in the arse. Yeah, I mean, as long as Netflix don't bin it off, and I doubt they will because they've only just picked it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's doing quite well for them. It's doing really well, well isn't it? Yeah, it is doing really yeah, well. Yeah, and of course, if we just... Uh, dip our toe into the uh, murky waters of spoilers um, up to where you are, which is episode three of season two. So if mm-hmm. you haven't watched Cobra Kai, hey, toddle off and watch the first episode or something, or fast, fast forward a little bit. Um, obviously, at the end of season one, you get quite the reveal. You do, yes. Did you know he was coming? I didn't, no. Excellent. And I'm... Am I right in saying, because, you know, the hazy mists of time and my advancing years, didn't we at some point swap emails with him to have a chat with him, have him as an interview guest? I seem to recall that we did. Yeah, the time as... I don't know. I can't remember. Like, I'm, Obviously, he's exactly the sort of person we'd, uh, we'd want. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Mm. I can't remember specifically, but probably, I mean... He's uh, exactly the sort of uh, guest we would want. Uh, yeah. Martin Cove, obviously, if you. Uh... Yeah, because there was, yeah, Martin Cove with, because we've we've said in past shows with us as well. There was so I mean we did I think we did like fifty interview shows with Eight's Picture House, and there was loads more where we swapped emails and for one reason or another we didn't quite happen. We couldn't tie up schedules and this that and the other. I do seem to recall that he was always one of them that we unfortunately yeah, didn't get yeah, to. Yeah, 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 as I say, I can't even remember but it wouldn't wouldn't shock me because he's the sort of person I'd be looking for. Because mm. obviously um oh well you'd be looking for him more than uh, me because of uh, Rambo, Rambo connections. Like. Yeah, yeah, of course. So um yeah, it wouldn't shock me. Mm. Um but yeah I yeah Kai uh, again once again if you've not seen it please please check out because I just think the the writing is excellent because you saying about um, Daniel LaRusso, like you can stand him, but like now it's that's kind of a point of his character. He's a, he is a dickhead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you know, but you can all you know you can. It's hard to pick a like. There's shades of grey with both of them. Johnny's mm. sort of lovable, but a dickhead. And now, but obviously now you've got a uh, crease in it who's like the personification of evil. Where there's no shades of grey with him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He is a bastard, and Martin Cove is superb like as well he's always been great as an on-screen bastard hasn't he so, yeah oh completely and he has not lost that ability so it's absolutely no. it's great seeing them all back but seeing martin cove do his thing to such a big audience is yeah. wonderful and he's still got a great screen presence and he's and he still looks a hard bastard as well even he's what yeah he, he looks he looks really good fits, um, which sort of leads me into um another thing i have which is a documentary i watched last week about pat marita Oh, okay, yeah. Now, I will say uh, Martin Cove was on this documentary. Um, I think, because obviously they spoke to um, uh, the cast, most of the cast of The Karate Kid uh, on this documentary, um, and I think it was just as they were starting to make season one, 
And I think Martin Cove might have had a little work done. Um, Because <laughs> he looked a lot older in um, this interview footage. And now he looks like, he looks great. I mean, it's done, you know, I'm not judging. He looks, if he look, you know, he looks better. So. Yeah, he does. Because uh, I, I was thinking, you know, for a guy that is in his sort of mid-70s, there's not, I mean, like his forehead, for example, he's, he's not a lot of creases or lines in him. It's quite ironic considering his character's called Crease and there's not many <laughs> creases in him. But, I mean, fair play, look, he does look good. He does look good. But, he certainly does. Yeah. Um, this documentary, though, it's um, I rented it on Prime. It's just come out in the last week or so. Um, it's called More Than Miyagi, the Pat Morita story, and it's really, really good. Um, obviously, it starts off... Um, like um, I think I heard once, like he started, like you know, like as a stand-up comedian, he got into entertainment quite late. Comparatively, he was like a comedian, like one of the um, few sort of Japanese American uh, comedians, sort of like in the '60s after the war and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously ended up in happy, you know, like doing guest spots in comedy shows, which led him into Happy Days. Of course, yeah, I forgot and, um, actually he was in Happy Days. Yeah, he took yeah. over Owls, didn't he? Owls, um, the diner. Yeah, and then he um, ended up, ended up. He got the Karate Kid gig. And it went from there, but it gets really quite sad because it goes into his um, struggles with alcoholism, which he, like he, um, apparently like he started drinking like when he was twelve, and he drank every day, but he could mask it well. Wow! Until it came to, like when he couldn't mask it as well anymore. So it's really very um, moving and you know sad in places. They're talking to his uh, his widow and. it's just yeah, but, uh, it's it's really good, really worth a watch. Yeah, that's uh, on my letterbox to watch list, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I have to watch that. Uh, as is a lot of other stuff. We were, again, we were talking just before we started recording. The amount of stuff we're adding to our letterbox to watch list is it's just getting bigger and bigger for both of us, isn't it? Yeah, old stuff I'm putting on my Amazon wish list if it's on Amazon on Prime. So I'm just like if, if I rent it or watch it, mm-hmm. but like films that haven't come out yet, it's sort of what I'm trying to keep on my. Uh, um, uh, letterbox wish list that's what i was doing until i don't know a few weeks ago i just thought i'm just going to use it as that one resource for if i see a film and think oh that looks interesting or you know i missed that years ago i'm just adding it to the watch list on there and it's yeah it's getting quite big now mate yeah and the great thing about letterbox is obviously if you um go into the settings and say what services you use you know like your prime your netflix your disney plus um your arrow your shadow or whatever in in your country it'll give you a notification when it's available. Mm-hmm. Like uh, when it's, you can have a notification as to when it's available to buy, when it's available to rent and when it's just available. So it's really, if you think, if you put something on your list, completely forget about it. You know, then you'll get a thing on your phone like, Oh, this is available to rent or this is available to watch. Yeah. And like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, even if you don't subscribe to Netflix or Amazon or any of those, it's really good because like, YouTube's on there. If it gets put on YouTube, yeah. it's like, there you go. Watch it for free. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, letterboxed. Yes, the lovely, lovely letterboxed. <laughs> and that will seek me um, onto um, a, another streaming service, which I just briefly mentioned, which I've um, subscribed to. The Arrow Player Yes, has launched in the UK. Now, uh, American listeners would have had this for a little while already, and it's pretty much got voice went then. It's pretty much got the same sort of content as the US one. There's a few differences. We've got a few films they don't, vice versa. This isn't like Shudder. Like oh, Shudder 
America, you've got it great. Shut in the UK, not so much. <laughs> like, like we get about five or six films a month, and some of them are just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like I I use it, uh, I have it, I use it, but then now Arrow's come along, and it's just like holy shit. Yeah, and obviously with Arrow, it's not just horror. So is is. Is that going to take the place of Shudder for you? Or are you going to? Stick oh, with I think both? so. Like, there's just more stuff, and they're adding stuff all the time. I mean, obviously, they're starting to um, bring in their own movies now. Mm. Um, the stuff, you know, like newer films. Um, the Stylist is going on there March the first, which is a really good film. I saw at one of the Fright Fests um, last year. Um, that's worth watching, and obviously, all their uh, um, other, obviously, like a lot of their Blu-ray releases. Yeah. Um, if I just, if you want some eighties, uh, let me just scroll to their eighties playlist. And they're coming up. Don't they put them on there as well? Like, if they've got a new Blu-ray release of a certain film, it's pretty close. It's yeah, close, I think it's, isn't it? Yeah. Within a few weeks, yeah. Not everything. Um, not all the films are on there, but you know, like, um, just for is some example. You've got the house movies. All the house movies are on there. Oh, great. Um, like Heather's is on there. We've got the Hellraiser trilogy, Society, Elvira. Um, uh, Contamination, Tetsuvi, Iron Man, Exterminator, I'm just scrolling, uh, Maniac Cop, Hills of Eyes 2, loads of obscure slashes like The Mutilator. <laughs> yeah, there's all sorts. And you've got some Arrow Academy stuff. Cinema Paradiso's on there. It's oh, a streaming service beautiful. with Cinema Paradiso on there, which are just, like, sold. All the Gamera films are on there. All the... Herschel Gordon Lewis films are on there. The, um, all just so much, and the great thing is, not they put extras on there. Not on all the films, but ex- there's extra features on there. Like they've just one of their releases, um, which did well over the sort of online festival season last year. It's called A Ghost Waits, and you've got the film on there, and then you've got intros, tr- like the trailers, audio commentaries, interviews, all sorts. That's good. Just, all the extras you get on the Blu-ray on some of the films are on the, um, so it's not just that. And even they're even doing stuff like, um, I just think this is quite neat, um, like triple bills, um, where, let me just call it up. I mean, I think more streaming services of this kind, um, no, I don't want to watch Crash. <laughs> not, not, right not in the mood for Crash. Yeah, you do have to be in the mood for that one. That's for sure. In a sexy mood. Yeah, yeah. Do you want me to put that music I mean, back on and you can watch it? <laughs> I mean, I don't drive, so I've not seen I don't see it. <laughs> so they've got a triple feature. They had it for Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day special, um, the, which is three of um, the films they've picked up, I think, called After Midnight, A Ghost Waits, and Zombie for Sale. Hmm. And um, they put trailers in between. Oh, lovely. So in between, there's a trailer for Hagazusa, and then in the second and third film, there's a trailer for Wreck. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's, it plays like it just plays one into another into another. That's good. I just think that's a really neat idea. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah I'm really looking forward to seeing what uh, stuff they put on there. Yeah, it sounds interesting. It's uh, inevitable in a way that they got into the streaming game because you know it seems like everybody are, but Arrow have got the movies to back it up, haven't they? Yeah, and also um, obviously they've got they've had their channel on Prime for a while now. Yes, and a lot yeah. of films are. There's more films on this service. Um, plus, it's just the interface is so nice. 
that makes it's so nice them, to scroll through yeah. where the animals and Amazon channels oh, they're, they're all alike, aren't they? Because oh, it's just on Amazon. Terrible! It's the worst user interface ever. Yeah, it's terrible. So um, yeah, do check out Arrow Player. Mm. Right, Dave, you do something. I've I've got I've got one or two more bits, but um, I've been speaking a lot. So well, I've got two more. And again, as always, we we don't want to end this segment on on a downer. So let's let's get the downer out of the way. Yes, let's get the downer out of the way. Which of course means I have to press this button. You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the reaper. <laughs> Thankfully, the list isn't too big this month. You're gonna wear that button out. I know it's. <laughs> It is, I think, already the button out of them all that is worn down a little bit more than all the others. The colour's coming off it a little bit, I think. <laughs> uh, right. Um, the youngest and the first one that uh, came to my attention since we last recorded, uh, aged only 44, uh, Dustin Diamond. From, oh. Yeah. Oh, um, Saved by the Bell, which, of course, began in 1989. Um and he was in Big Top Pee Wee in 1988, some 80s things. Uh, yeah, 44 is terrible, absolutely terrible. You know, it's how young, and I read that he was um, he was only diagnosed with, I forget what type of cancer it was, I think it was in January of this year, and then a matter of just weeks later is when he passed away. It was, so to, you know, to be diagnosed, and then weeks later, that's it. And at the age of 44, it's... Um, that, that's not good at all but no no it's pretty i, I mean at least it was quick i mean I've, yeah yeah i mean you could take some sort of comfort in that but yeah it's a 44 my god yeah. it's horrible and yeah i grew up watching saved by the bell on whatever channel uh it was shown on over here mm-hmm. and uh yeah yeah real shame yeah um uh, moving on um aged 67 uh boxer again leon spinks who i remember watching boxing through from well from the 70s and, and through to the 80s but here's another one mate that he went into wrestling we've talked about quite a few sports people be they from boxers or from american football people seem to sort of gravitate any sports people that retire or get to a certain age seem to gravitate towards wrestling um yeah and it said during the 90s he worked for frontier martial arts wrestling did he? I mean, I probably knew that. Yeah, winning its winning its world title in 1992. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, I was amazed when I was reading about him because, of course, I knew about his boxing career. I watched him box so many bloody times over the years, but I didn't know about the wrestling side of it. Uh, yeah, FMW. I don't know if they uh, if he partook, but um, you know they did some pretty extreme stuff. So. Uh... <laughs> Uh, a biggie, uh, aged 87, uh, Larry King. I yeah. mean, you could spend like a full show more just talking about just the 80s related stuff to do with Larry King, the guests that he had, the shows that he did during that period, uh, before and after. He he talked to so many people, didn't he, mate? He was like a constant over here in the UK. You know, obviously he was huge in America and worldwide. But I remember watching him loads over here in the UK and um, film appearances as well, usually as himself, but he was in a lot of films as well. Uh, Ghostbusters, Lost in America, 
to start with the 80s, but right the way through, he was in a load of films. TVs, of course, his TV show and, and loads of others. But He yeah. loved a good cameo and a small he appearance. He, he showed did. up in The Simpsons a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was... Uh, yeah. That's probably how I found out like about him. Was it, yeah? Through yeah, the I mean, probably. I mean, that was definitely the first time I, I would have... The first time I would have seen or well, more heard him in anything was the episode of The Simpsons where Homer thinks um, he's diagnosed with only having like 12 hours or 24 hours to live after eating the poison blowfish and he's reading the audio Bible and it's Larry King narrating it. <laughs> That's probably, I mean, obviously I watched that quite early on yeah. uh, in, in, well, in my life and uh, yeah, it's probably the first I heard of him. And in 1987 as well, he had a major heart attack and he had... He didn't just have heart bypass surgery. He had quintuple oh. bypass surgery. Quintuple. Oh, my God. Uh, and then, of course, carried on. And, you know, he's an author. He wrote books. Um, yeah. Great guy. Always always really interesting. Used to like watching Larry King. Always had some really mm. interesting guests on the show, too. Uh, two more to go. Aged 91, Christopher Plummer. Oh, Oh, great actor, cracking actor. During the 80s, well, the thing that stood out for me when I was looking back at his work from <clears throat> from the 80s was The Thornbirds, which was a massive uh, TV mini miniseries over here. Uh, mm. It was huge. I remember at the time, ev everybody was watching it. But he was in so many films um, right the way through his career. Always a, you know, a really good actor. Um, and, you know, he, he was one of those that got a good screen presence as well. It was good to see Christopher Plummer. 91. That's I mean, that's better. That's better than bloody 44 with Dustin Diamond. You know, I'd be happy if I got to 91. Well, you know, I yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be happy if they said, right, you're going you know, to die tomorrow. I wouldn't. I was going to say, you're, you're, you're long past 44, mate. Yeah. <laughs> no, that ship has sailed. That has sailed. <laughs> I think I'm probably closer to 91 the way I feel today. <laughs> so, uh, finally. Aged ninety-five, Hal Holbrook. Are you, doing this, are you sorry to interrupt? Are you yeah. doing this in order of age well, now? Okay, I don't know if I should even let the cat out the bag on this one. The thoughts. I'm going to get killed for this, but I may as well put it out there. The thought did cross my mind that I was going to do it, sort of, and I was going to because I, I I didn't put the music onto a sound pad, but I had got I have got the 1980s Top of the Pops theme. That I, could, that I could have put on and I was going to do it you know in sort of order of charts but with age <laughs> gone at 44 just in time <laughs> lasting until 67 It's a, and then going all the way to 95 we've got Hal Holbrook <laughs> but I didn't good taste kicked in I don't know why it doesn't normally but, but, but seeing as you asked Tom <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am doing it in age order on this one. Uh, <laughs> Hal Holbrook, yes. The 80s, oh, um, right. again, we talked about um, with Christopher Plummer, um, Hal Holbrook with um, series. He, he was in some amazing TV series. Uh, but for me, he will always be Lieutenant Briggs from Magnum Force. Yeah. When I think <laughs> of Hal Holbrook, instantly... He comes to mind all yeah. the time. Yeah. It's, I loved it. I loved him in that. He's such an, an evil twat in that as well. I, <laughs> even though you know 
I, you know, I've watched it so many times, and you you know, you know, he's going to turn and he's the bad guy. And I'm still like, oh, <laughs> you evil bastard. <laughs> so, he's so good. Uh, and that's it. That's that's the bad stuff out of the way, mate. Anyway, um, I've got a I've got a couple more. Do you want to do you want to do one, or do you want me to go on with a couple and you finish off? Yes, I'll I'll, I'll do one. Um, okay. I mean, I get. It seems like everything I do is talk about streaming stuff. Um, but today on Disney Plus, uh, they have added. I mean, this just creeps into the eighties as it ran into nineteen eighty one. All five seasons of the Muppet Show. Oh my god! I didn't know that. Yeah, there is. Um, there are some. You know, like you just scroll through. Um, oh, I loved watching that. The um, I mean, like Bruce Forsyth shows up in it. Vincent Price, <laughs> and I obviously Stallone is in yeah, one of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Roger Moore, Christopher Reeve, oh. Steve Martin. You know, it's a. Uh, John Cleese, Elton John, Bob Hope, you know, it goes on and on. So uh, yeah, all five seasons of, uh, I've just started playing one by accident, I'll pick one like that. Um, yeah, all five seasons, seasons four and five have never been available, apparently, on home video or home entertainment services before, so. Bloody hell. That's very good. nice. I'm so, uh, yeah, I know you'll be going straight to the Stallone one. Of course. <laughs> we'll be on, that's, uh, I'll be playing this weekend now, mate. Yeah, definitely, I have to watch that. There was some good stuff in there. I used to bloody love watching that. Yeah, that'll be nice to revisit some of those. Uh, I've got a quickie that I, I only noticed the other day, uh, a new advert that's playing in America for Mountain Dew. That okay. There, that I'm sure you've heard of people listening worldwide. I'm sure you know, even though. I do, can you buy it over here? I've never seen it for sale over here. Yeah, I think can you can. You? It's not the same, though. Um, I've had it over here. I don't know if they currently sell it over here. But um, I tried it in America. Oh, my God, <laughs> when I when I went to Texas, I tried. I uh, went. Into, I was eating in a Taco Bell, and um, I had one. And <laughs> good Lord, it's not. But I don't think it's legal. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What is it? Like high sugar content? Or yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they have it. They've had it over here, but it's not the same. I mean, they. I've never drank anything like that over here with the sugar. Well, I don't think I don't. I mean, that's why I've not noticed it because I don't drink anything like that anyway. So I never sort of go down those aisles when I'm in a shop. Uh, but if I did, from what you've just said, I don't think I'd try it. <laughs> but it's uh, Zach Galligan and Gizmo have done a Mountain Dew advert, uh, which has led to Zach Galligan saying that, oh, this could be the start, maybe, you know, sort of a. A renaissance of Gremlins. Maybe there could be a new film. Maybe there could be. Uh... Well, they're doing a new thing anyway, aren't they? Well, I don't know. Are they? Because he was on about film or TV series. He didn't. Well, yeah, say Joe anything. Dante's been tweeting about it. Ah, okay. Well, I didn't know about this. Yeah, this is as I jump onto Joe Dante's Twitter. We don't see tweets so much. Yeah, um, HBO Max, uh, Gremlins: Secrets, Secrets of a Mogwai. It's ah. already been renewed for a second season before. Uh, um, it's even started. Okay then. Oh well, that all sort um, of makes sense now. Then is this is it? An, yeah, it's, a, it's an animated uh, show. Yeah. It tells the story of how Sam Wing meets a young Mogwai called Gizmo. Um, good voice cast: Ming Na Wen, B D Wong, James Hong is a grandpa. Yeah. Can't beat James Hong. So um, yeah. Oh. So yeah, it's already. I mean, yeah, it could be quite a good. Uh, I don't know if that's on. 
Oh yeah, no, no, it's not. There's not even a premiere date for the first season, but it's been renewed. So oh, okay, yeah, sure, yeah, looking good. Obviously, Joe Dante's got some involvement in it as well. Yeah, so fair enough. Could be good. Could yeah. be good. But obviously, no one told Zach Galligan. I mean, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Uh, my final, my, my final piece that I've got is, um, even though it's a film, now I've looked like it's one of these, mate, where I don't know if it's 1991 or it's 94, there's conflicting reports on, depending on where I've read about it online, even down to the title. And you'll soon find out why it's 80s related, because one of the titles is called Honor Rambo. The other title is called Lady Rambo but with a H at the end of Rambo. And I sent you a little clip of it. I don't know, it's like about two or three minute clip on WhatsApp the other day. And it's it's bonkers. And thanks to the joys of the internet, there's a guy who has got it on VHS, not English language, um, although there's a few lines of English in it, apparently, uh, who's going to upload it so we can have a look at it and watch it. It looks it looks terrible, but it's Rambo related, so I have to watch it no matter what. And I think it's only about eighty minutes anyway. So, yeah, maybe for when we record the March show, I might be able to report back on Lady Rambo slash Honor Rambo. Wow! Well, mm. If you if you if you've got any energy left in you, <laughs> we shall see, mate. We shall see what happens. Uh, that's me done. That's me done for my 80s related stuff. How about you? I've got one more thing now. Did you know you can listen to music on these big round, like they're bigger than CDs, okay? Mm. Um, well, you know, God, it'll be three, maybe three times larger than CDs. Um, and it's this weird material, but mm. and you have to listen to it on this box where you put a needle what? on it. That's, that's archaic, mate. That's... You put a needle at the edge and it spins around and the needle moves with it and it plays the music. That's, that's some kind of weird magic. I don't I don't understand. No. They get they're they're calling it hold on, let me just It's not it's not that thing called vinyl, is it? Yeah, let me just call it up. It's called a record player. And yeah, vinyl, vinyl. is the um, Mm. is the thing and I, I, I bought i've got one now these record re- record <laughs> players oh yeah and um yeah but i've got my first vinyl album mm. and uh it sounds very nice dave and um, um what is this vinyl album this is the new vinyl album from john carpenter lost themes free nice what a way to start it off but yeah, it's um, it's something I have wanted to get for ages now, and uh, had a little shuffle around um, in my room, um, and uh, put it on a little one little dresser to my right, so it's mm. on a flat surface because oh, yeah, that's a thing which I didn't really think about. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is a bit different. Isn't yeah, it? it's really it's really neat. I, was, uh, I got the um, I got this special coloured limited edition of the album from Rough Trade in um, uh, Rick Lane um, online, obviously. Mm. And uh, that came today and I was just like, whipped it straight out and the vinyl. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) 
It's a good job no, you whipped it out. Classic. <laughs> good job you whipped it out while you were online, mate, and not while you were in the shop. Yeah, I wouldn't want that. Um, yeah, wouldn't want that needle going anywhere near it. Yeah, you wouldn't. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've completely lost it. Um, yeah, so yeah, and it sounded good. So I'm going to enjoy that. So yeah, I'm probably going to you know do like one of my. For reasons that are my own, I really want the Streets of Fire soundtrack on vinyl. Oh, it seems yes. pretty cheap. Yeah, I've got that on vinyl, mate. That's a cracker. I'll just send me it then. Cool. <laughs> there is, um... And I won't be going through your like the the men's choir of Murphy Tidville <laughs> because it was signed by the second guy on the right weird shit that you. <laughs> oh, you know what, mate? Out of everything that that's happened over this last year and shops being shot. I cannot wait to get back into... Oh, I bet Tina's just like, thank <laughs> Christ. Back into charity shops. If you coming back with your grubby oh, mitts full of... Oh, I've, seen it. I've seen you do it. I've seen you in action. <laughs> look at look your way through. This LP from 1974 by this club singer who I've never heard of, and he's signed it. Oh, my it's God. To Beryl, love. It's 50p. I have it's to buy it. It's Beryl. <laughs> Oh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, but obviously, I will be looking in charity shops for you know, sort of eighties soundtracks and stuff yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I'll, I think I'll buy one. You know, they're not that cheap, but uh, God, they do sound good. I didn't realise how good my soundbar really was mm. until I started because it's Bluetooth. Yeah, so it can uh, play wirelessly to my soundbar. I didn't realise how good my soundbar nice. was and the quality of that and the quality of the um, audio as well. So, yeah. like, oh, because it's like it's like with. Um... Like when we went from VHS to DVD, and obviously not everything that was out on VHS got released on DVD. And it's the same with now with CDs and MP3s and all of this. There's a shitload of stuff that came out on LP that you can only get on LP. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah absolutely I'm, right. Yeah, I'm sure you'll be finding some stuff that you'll be picking up, mate, and that'll be great. Yeah, yeah, so I've got to make a bit of space. I mean, the thing, good thing is I've got a, a bit of cupboard space, which is very tall and wide to the back and obviously they don't take up a lot of room so mm-hmm. i'll be good for now yeah nice one so yeah i yeah so i've discovered vinyl in 2021 <laughs> i mean i've not discovered it obviously yeah but you find you've finally dipped your toes into the vinyl waters yeah something else to collect i'm not collecting enough stuff we always need more to collect mate you need that physical media no matter what it is yeah. <laughs> sort this digital ones and zero stuff <laughs> right Shall we take a break? Yes, I, I think I need to get a little drinky poo because my mouth's getting dry from all this talk, all this yapping. Oh, how dare we talk? to the films yet. How dare we spend our time on an audio podcast talking? <laughs> Let's take a break and then everybody can listen to the trailer for what is my first time watch pick. Welcome back, Jackson. See, you've only got a little one this time. Six months for shoplifting. You've lost your nerve. I've a mind to smash your rotten head. No. Be plenty of time for you to have a little chat with Jackson, Mr. McIntosh. Put him straight on all those lies he told about decent officers in the newspapers and on television. Don't know how to put this, but uh, I'm not too proud about what happened. Commissioner Sweepy Yard, sir. All in on the lines! Fall 
No prisoners allowed to have prison made photo framed in his cell. Not more than six letters, not more than six books. What about the governor? This is my jail, 206, and I assure you I am fully aware of what's going on in it. Any idiot that thinks he can tell the trouble what the trouble is is right up the fucking planet. They can do anything they like to us. They've got complete control. They can kill us. Get in here, animal, come on! Oh, no. You'll be going in there by yourself. Come on, you ain't my shit, get in here! Sounds mad. was because you let us have control. There's always been more of you than there is of us. And I got scared again. almost three minutes long that was the trailer to my first time watch pick an australian film from 1980 called stir which i'm going to start off with mate trying to remember the name to this film i don't know why i've had whenever i've like tina said oh what film are we watching or i've gone to put it into letterboxd or anything like that or i've been thinking about it to you know to pull it up on imdb and have a look is it called Split? Is it is it called Sniff? I knew it began with an S. Yeah, so, same. Have you had the same problem? I don't know why I... It... I kept thinking Stew. We're <laughs> in oh, Stew. There was, for some reason, the, the name Stir just would not stick in my head. I don't know. I've got no idea why. Anyway, 1980. It's a 7 out of 10 on IMDb. It's a 3.5 out of five on letterboxd so those two tie in um, exactly right as do our two scores which we'll get into in a little bit when uh, we went to rate it on letterboxd it's uh, synopsis on imdb is filmed in the clare valley gladstone and the flinders ranges in south australia this prison movie was inspired by the true life prison riot at bathurst jail in 1974 and its sub- subsequent royal commission into New South Wales prisons. Uh, so, yeah, based on a true story, I have since watching the film had a quick look online about the Bathurst jail and the, the riot there. And there was a couple of riots, apparently, one in 1970 and one in 1974. And, yeah, it's, you know, in the film, which we'll get into, somebody throws like a petrol bomb while they're watching a the film. That did happen. And, mm. you know, all the shit kicked off afterwards. The story is um, Brian Brown. I do like Brian Brown. And watching this has made me want to rewatch the two 
uh, FX slash Murder by Illusion movies, which I have got on Blu-ray. I haven't watched them since buying them on Blu-ray. The last time I watched them was back in the VHS days, and I remember really enjoying them. It's a, So they're going to be two, which please don't be like Stripes and be shit and <laughs> ruin my bad memories of them. But I do want to re-watch them now after watching this because Brian Brown plays a character called China Jackson. Now, mate, whenever it, they said his name, China, there's only one China, and that's China O'Brien. You know? Yeah, his name was, like, obviously we're going to get into the tone of the movie, but his name was like an 80s action hero name, and it seemed really at odds with the film. It does. China Jackson. <laughs> Rick Steele is yeah. it's like what um, like what's it Van Damme's name in uh, Cyborg like having someone called Gibson Rickenbacker in this really gritty movie yeah it's bizarre um, and actually we talked earlier about um, interview shows that we did with 80's Picture House we did one with uh, Cynthia Rothrock as well that we've not released yet there's another one that we need to release this year um, so much stuff still to release bloody hell so China Jackson, um, in prison, gets released from prison. Uh, he's a very naughty boy, and he does for all the things to be put back in prison for. Well, actually, while he's in prison, there's the prison guards there uh, beat the shit out of everybody, China included. So when he's released, uh, he goes on television and says, "They put, they put, so they put a nightstick up his bum." <laughs> he did. I mean, you don't see it graphically, but you see it go start to go in. Oh, go yeah. It. Yeah, that's what they tell. They're going from cell to cell, aren't they? And getting, you know, telling him to take off. Everybody takes off the clothes, and then you just beat the shit out of him, like you said. Stick that, you know, nightstick goes up the bum as well, just for good measure. So China goes on TV in Australia, um, spills the beans on everything that's happening within the prison system, and says that the guards are bastards, etc. Then he's very naughty, and he gets put back inside the very same prison... Uh, because he's been shoplifting, of all things. Now, you think it'd be something a bit more, you know, armed robbery or something like that. But, I don't know, probably, you know, nicking a Mars bar from the local news agents is a bit a bit lame to get put back inside for. And, of course, the, the prison guards and the warden at the prison, not too happy with him. Because he went squealing on the television. So they, no, make, yeah. they, they make his life shit. And they're still making the other prisoners' lives shit in there which then leads to a bit of a revolt by the prisoners, um, which ends culminating at the end of the film with this big shootout. <laughs> the prison guards are just using the prisoners. It's like ducks on a pond and just, you know, taking them down one by one. And it's 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 a violent film. Like you said, when it starts with, you know, a bit of anal rape with a truncheon and finishes with loads of guys just being shot picked off at random and shot and lots of fighting and everything in between it's a yeah. it's a really grim film so that's the that's the basic story guy in prison comes out squeals on them goes back they take revenge on him uh the tone of it is is yeah it's very it's very dark i think brian brown is great in it but i always like him anyway uh it's an it's an hour 41 and for me uh and tina as well it flew by. It wasn't. It, it passed the clock test. Not once did I look at the clock to see how long was left. That's an important point uh, because Stripes failed that at the time. I think I looked at the clock more than I looked at the screen when Stripes was recording that for last month, yeah. mate. Whereas this was completely different um, because I think everybody in it was was really good. 
Um, and of course, it was. Fi- I'm not sure where it was filmed. It, looked, it was filmed within a prison, uh, from what it looks like. Anyway, it yeah, was, certainly looked that way. Yeah, the whole tone of it, from the location as to the story itself, was was really gritty. Language in it, fruity to say the least. I think little if, fruity, little fruity. One of those films will get an 18 oh, rating just for the language. Easily, if the, the drinking game for this is, if you had a shot every time somebody said a swear word, you wouldn't make it past about 20 minutes. Yeah, like this is Tarantino blushing level. Yeah of swearing so um yeah a lot of bad language there's a hell of a lot of bad language in it and uh the the prison guards are complete bastards in a couple in particular Mm. you're really almost to the point of like christmas pantomime you know boo you want to boo the screen with them because they are so fucking i don't know what sort of pantomimes you watch dave (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, went, I wanted to shout, he's behind you, whenever the oh, guard dear. went. Whenever the guard went, with his, especially with his truncheon, mate, it's like you want to warn him for what was going on there too. It was, yeah, it was. I found it really, really, really good. And having having worked within the prison system for over a couple of years as well, mm. um, not as a guard, I didn't I didn't <laughs> shove my truncheon yeah, yeah, off anybody's were, arse. You were. <laughs> I, was, I was teaching in a prison. I want to make that clear. Um it, it, yeah, it brought back some memories because I obviously, you know, I saw quite a few things happen within the prison system where you think, and it is, it really is like another world. It's got its own, um, not ecosystem, but it's its own, well, definitely its own social system. When you step inside the prison walls, it's like a completely different world. Even when you're outside in the yards and everything, you're obviously breathing the same air as on the other side of the bloody wall. But the atmosphere is palpably different. And this comes across in this film as well, that once you, you go into this prison and it is a different world completely and a very, very fucking violent one that you'd want to get out of there. And it portrayed the way that a lot of the men, the things they do to survive, the things they do to pass the time, the relationship with the guards, I've seen all that happening uh, as well. And it's, yeah, it's it's one of those films, again, where... When it finishes, you think, oh, I need a shower. You feel just that little bit grubby, don't you? When it's finished, you go, ooh, and you want to put on, you know, a Rick Mail comedy or something for half an hour, just sort of cleanse the palate a little bit after you've finished watching it. It's not one to put on, you know, oh, just before bed, I'll watch this for a bit of light relief. It is, uh, but it's not heavily dramatic, is it? You know, it's not, a, it's, even though the, the content of it is, is grim and everything, it's not... It's not too heavy of a watch for the, because it's just a simple story, but well told with good actors, and it's and it's violent and yeah, and it's Australian. I like a lot of Australian stuff, as we know anyway. So Tom, what did what did you think of it when you were watching? It? Of course, it's a first time watch. Neither of us have seen it before. So what did you think? Oh, well, it started, and I was just like, oh my god, this is going to be fucking horrible to watch, isn't it? And it's just like so like <laughs> bleak from the off and I was like man this is an hour and 40 minutes so it's just going to be misery isn't it I'm just like I'm not going to hate watching this this is like didn't I mean I can't I'm not going to say I wasn't in the mood for it hmm. but I was just like oh okay and uh, but I like pretty quickly got into it I yeah. mean I mean, I wasn't wrong. It's, it's an hour and 40 minutes of misery. <laughs> yeah. like, it's not, yeah. a, it is a bleak film. It's not, there's not much levity in it. There's no levity in it mm. um, at all. It's probably the bleakest film we've ever done 
like what while we've podcasted surely i don't think we've done anything that's a good point i think it probably is yeah i mean it's, it's definitely i mean what what a 180 from talking about voyage of the rock aliens the other month yeah there's there's i'm pretty sure there's no similarities <laughs> to apart test. from a musical number after the credits did you stay for that yeah, and when Pia Zadora just made a brief appearance as well, that really tied it in. It was awesome. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was similar to um, the Hugh Grant musical number in The Prison in Paddington 2. <laughs> <laughs> it was much needed after yeah. after all of that. Yeah, a fitting way to end. <laughs> but no, I, I did um, find myself getting more and more into it. I thought the characters are really good. Like, they're all, you know, you, you know, you like quite really well-written characters, guards and... Um, crimos i like mm-hmm. um yeah and yeah just bleak and just like you couldn't help but watch mm. and the time went quickly but i don't think i mean i know we get to this re-watching but it's one of those films where it's not going to be one you're going to be like kicking back and like oh yeah i'll put older old stir on yeah i'll put old stew on sniff put a stew on smell stew going. what's it called i can't remember what it's called yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's not something you'd be like, ah, oh, it's Friday night. You know, I watched Stew and I forgot I haven't watched Stew since last year. I'll stew, uh, stew. I'll just call it Stew now. I mean, definitely won't watch it again because I won't remember what it's fucking called. But um, I'll be like, yeah, I'll put Stew on, get a takeaway. You know, like, yeah. it's one of those sort of like, I call them Requiem for a Dream films. Mm. Really good. Never going to watch it again. Yeah, that's a really good point. Why would you? Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, no, that's a great point to make. It is a great film, but one that you probably wouldn't wouldn't watch again. And I know with these, normally a lot of it is, you know, with with finding stuff to take the piss about while we talk about them and the, ridic- oh, yeah, there's no, the ridiculous stuff. There's nothing. There's nothing in this to take the piss about, or you know, and nothing ridiculous happens in it. It's all like you know, grim and and oh my god, that's that's a bit horrible, but really good and like i said at the beginning with the uh, 7 on imdb and 3.5 on letterboxd we we both gave it 3.5 too didn't we which which yeah. is, which is good yeah, again I mean, yeah. we, we I agreed mean, on the sort of rewatch sort of thing yeah it's a, it's a good film but and you'll go through your scores maybe oh that 3.5 what's that ah oh yeah i don't know if i want to watch that again. <laughs> i'm i'm really glad that i watched it and i and i did enjoy it but like you said mate doubtful it'll get a rewatch but hmm. I, I, I i've got nothing else to say about it either you know apart from it's really good if you haven't seen yeah, it yeah i mean like if you i mean it's i you sent me something about reviews on letterboxd and like a particular film that you were um, doing for the website, reviewing for a website, you're the first review. Yeah. Um, that was this a... only had, I think I was the 12th. Wow. So, um, yeah, there was um, not many on there. So, uh, yeah, it's obviously, you know, I don't know if it's obscure. I don't know if, I, if it's quite big in Ameri- America, Australia. I mean, mm. it won loads. It must be. It won, like I was reading the trivia, it won loads of awards. Yeah. So, um, so it probably is. But um, over here, it's clearly not. But, yeah, it's on Amazon Prime in the UK. Um, and, yeah, it is well worth a watch. But just, you know, it, you just need to be in that sort of mind frame for it. It's not, yeah. it's not a particularly pleasant watch, but it's very good. And, uh, yeah. yeah, it's not fun, but no. it's good. Yeah. So it's recommended to watch, like you said, mate, as long as you're in the right frame of mind to watch it and you know what you're getting into. Um, 
watch it. So yeah, I'm glad we did. I'm glad we did watch it, mate. It's a good and like you said, for you know that small amount of people to have logged it on that box is crazy. Yeah, it's only that. I mean, deserves more people. Sometimes you've got to remember, Letterboxd is relatively recent. You know, in yeah, but there's still you know I've I've logged some obscure films on there. Uh, you know, even like from the 30s and and 20s, and it's had more people watch it than this, which is uh, quite bizarre. So, yeah, let us know. Please let us know if, after listening to this, that you go and watch it. Send us an email. Let us know what you think. Or if you have already watched it, send us an email and let us know. It would be really interesting to find out what you did think of it. Uh, let's let's move on then to something. Whoa, oh, sorry. Wait a minute there. I've got some. I've got some. Ooh, late. Ooh. I'm holding my finger to my ear like I've got late breaking news coming into my earpiece. I've oh. got some late breaking news. Go on. Um, that it's a Stephen King film is going to be. Uh, Edgar Wright is to direct Stephen King's The Running Man at Paramount what? Pictures. What? This is not. A remake of the Arnie film. This is an adaptation of the novel of the Richard Bachman Bloody under the pseudonym. Have you ever read the book Running Man? Yes, I read a lot. Of so you know, King it's back in the absolutely day. nothing like the yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. So an adapt, yeah, interesting. An adaptation of the book. I'm here for that. That's something to keep an eye on. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's like clearly nothing like it's going to be not. It's not going to be like the film. Hmm. So, uh, but yeah, having something completely, you know, like the book, interesting, interesting. Wow. What, what a news take. What a hot news take. Yeah. Hot off the press. Some people might not even heard that come Monday. Yeah. By the time you might've heard it here first. That was it. We're we're claiming it first. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Right. Let's take a break and we'll be back with your rewatch pick, mate. He was my son, and today is his birthday. Yeah, baby! (laughs) You won't believe my parents' cabin. Here we are. Pretty nice, huh? All right, you ready? Let's do it! sister she's gone missing have you seen her jane missing she's dead people go missing around here they're gone for good there's something out there we gotta get out of here come on you guys oh my god this place is called camp crystal lake Open up! Help! We got the 
It's his birthday. Another long trailer. <laughs> Another one. They seem to be the trailers seem to be getting longer all the time. That was like Lord of the Rings. The amount of times I thought it was going to finish, and I, uh, no, it's no, still going. There's a few false starts in it, isn't there? So, as you'd have probably deduced, um, a few weeks ago we started talking about um, <laughs> the 2009 remake, I guess, of Friday the Thirteenth. Obviously, the 80s slasher. Um, the first of which came out in 1980 and then permeated the decade into the 90s as well. This was released in the UK in February 2009 and is a 5.5 on IMDb and a 2.4 out of 5 on Letterboxd, which is yeah, about the same. It's directed by Marcus Nisbell, who um, sort of for a while just did the remakes of properties. Mm, yeah. Um, this is probably like he did the Chainsaw Massacre one. He did a Frankenstein. He did Co- the Conan remake. I didn't even watch that. Oh, that was um, awful, mate. You never watch it. It's terrible. Yeah, and he's not made anything since 2015. So I don't know. Not a film, anyway. Yeah. Um. So this is kind of a reboot. Um. Mm. It begins the like, but. It's not a remake of the first one. It's the fir- the events of the first film, and more the ending of the first film, are covered in a credit sequence yeah. where Jason's mum confronts the girl, um, head chopped off. So it sort of, sort of goes... If it was a remake of anything, it was a remake of the first three films because we go through the stages of him getting the hockey mask. Um, there's a um, first wave of kids who get knocked off. Yeah. And then the main kids, kids, or some of them, this is in their fucking 30s, um, <laughs> they get knocked off. Um, so it's like, um, yeah, so 30 years later, the first lot get knocked off, and then six weeks after that, one of uh, the other, air quotes, kids' sisters were in the first lot group. It's just to get more killing in. Yeah, it is. All so right. it's yeah. like, so it goes, so obviously there's the first one and then there's a bit where he doesn't have a hockey mask. So that sort of feels like sort of what was going on in the second one. And then he gets a hockey mask. Obviously in the originals, it was the third film. He got the hockey mask. So it feels like it's sort of like a sort of almost a previously on like a little catch up. Yeah. Until he gets a hockey mask. And then it doesn't really feel like a remake anymore. Um, it just feels like another Friday the Thirteenth film. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you, if you agree with that. It just, it like, it sort of, it rattles through the plot of who he is and all that pretty quickly, whilst getting some kills in. And then the bulk of the film is just the the lot in the um in the fancy house, the lake house, hmm. being knocked off. Yeah, and that just feels like. It doesn't feel like a remake of anything. It just feels like here's another film where Jason slashes a load of incredibly annoying oh God, yeah. kids up. Yeah. And honestly, like in its DNA, it shares a lot with with these, especially the sequels. Like it's got, I mean, if you've got a tick box of what you want in your sort of 80s slashes or what you will see in your 80s slashes, there's 
gory, gory kills. There's pointless nudity. There's incredibly annoying characters. There's always some weed guy. Um, there's always some <laughs> like memorable fucking like what the hell, whether it's your Crispin Glover or whatever. And honestly, the 2009 version, it ticks those boxes. Yeah. There was some very gory kills. There's loads of nudity, like, <laughs> and I mean a lot of nudity. And all of it pointless. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, almost too much, if I <laughs> if I dare say that. Um, and, yeah, like I mentioned, the characters, my God, I don't think there's a likeable one amongst them, which is fine because they're going to get murdered mm-hmm. by Jason. So yeah. it's all right. So it's kind of, I mean, I apart from the scene setting at the start, I don't really see it as much of a remake because it just carries on with the same sort of thing, for better or worse. Yeah. What do you think, Dave? What do you think of that sort of... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the points you made, I completely agree with, mate. And the Friday the 13th films and all of the many, many ones that came afterwards especially during the 80s it was all it was all about the inventive kills and the tna that was the main selling point of all of them which was fine with me and i still enjoy inventive kills and some tna but i think everything just didn't it's like the the ingredients were there but they weren't put together properly it didn't quite gel for me i liked how they did cover as a nod to people that have grown up watching all of the previous films of how he went you know how we found the hockey mask and you know you saw at the beginning and it was his mum and you know little nods if you're familiar with the series and everything and like i said the kills were good there's some great kills in it but for what i used to enjoy back then and i know it's because i'm getting older and i want something more from a film now because I've seen to death what this is now. I'm I want now characters that I feel some empathy for. And again, you're completely right, mate. It's Friday Thirteenth. You have dislikable characters, and then you go, yeah, when they die, these the characters in this were oh so fucking annoying. <laughs> to the point where I wasn't even pleased when they died because they were just they were just too annoying, and I'm I'm past that now. I I want to care for the characters. <laughs> That's what I want, and still, yeah, it's still giving me some, you know, nudity and kills, especially. I love to see you know, some great practical effects on screen. is always is always welcome, but it just it. <laughs> It seemed pointless and sort of redundant. I would have rather, and I know this is just, it would be just playing to, to people like us that have watched all the other ones and grown up with them. I'd have rather the budget for this, even though this is essentially not really a reboot, just more a continuation of the franchise. I'd have rather the money was, you know, let's get Kane Hodder back in a mask and make another one with him. And, and, and even to silly things where it's like, Jason's running like mad in this. He doesn't run. Jason's a lumbering killer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like the difference between zombies and the infected zombies. For me, they, you know, they just slide along slowly and, you know, the infected run. Was Jason running in this? No. Um, yeah, again, ingredients here, but not, not 
in the correct amount with stuff. Uh, the the big thing more than anything was just the the characters was just way too annoying for me, way too anno- annoying for me. Uh, it didn't pass the clock test. I did look at the clock more than once to see how long it was I mean, going. Yeah, it's an hour and forty five minutes long, which is immediately like that's too long for this sort of like a an eight what was called an eighty slash film like your slasher film like they should yeah. be eighty to ninety minutes tops. Yeah. Like, like 105 minutes. Like, I know you've got to set up Jason, but come on now. Mm. Um, I will, yeah, I mean, I think I know where you're coming from. I mean, it wasn't, uh, and I mean, it's, I don't know if it's a fault of a film, but it wasn't really, like, fun. Like, I mean, but then you can't, you can't do these sort of 80s slashes out of the 80s. I mean, you sort of lo- it loses the fun. Yeah. You know, like, with the haircuts and the clothes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, definitely. You know, the... And the unique oddball characters. There is an oddball character I will get to. Don't don't worry, Dave. I will get to it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's that's entertaining. It's but yeah, like it just loses that disconnect of like fun and like you know like when you wait. But like Freddie, I thought Freddie versus Jason. Like, I mean, I don't like it as much as I did when it came out, but it's still fun. Yeah, it is fun. But then again. I'm sort of arguing with myself here. But then again, like Freddie versus Jason was what 2001, and now that hair. And clothing and time period is a little dated. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's a bit more bleak, uh, to use a word from Stir. Um, hmm. I mean, it, the kills are great. Like, I think they're really good, like really gory. Um, but it just it's just it hasn't got that sort of fun retro edge. And I mean, that's you know, if they want to do a Friday the Thirteenth film in present day, then it won't. But yeah, there's only so much you can try and recreate, but I think I think you just nailed the missing ingredient that I was trying to find is is that sort of eighties vibe to it that that is just not present. That some can pull off when they try to recreate it, but this this had that bleakness and yeah, I mean I didn't it sounds like a really hating on it, but I'm not. I give it a two point five, which is right down the middle on IMDB. You know, I didn't I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. It was it was just right down the middle. It was very uh, it was okay, and came and went, and and that was it. Didn't leave a lasting impression on me about anything at all. Uh, seen it all before, and couldn't really see the point of of this reboot. I mean, Dawn of the Dead. We know Dawn of the Dead's my all time favorite film, and I when it was announced that they were going to remake it, oh my mm. God, I was so pissed off. And of course, you know, I know, of course, that 78 versions always going to be there. They can remake it a hundred times. That The version I love is always going to be there. It's not going to spoil that. But it was, how dare you touch this precious thing that I love so much. And then I watched the remake of it and I really enjoyed it. Not as good as the original, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good, you know, remake slash reboot. Whereas this... No, it 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 just didn't tick any of the boxes for me. So I, I there was nothing where I, I could say to apart from the kills, probably yeah, like some good gory and inventive kill. Yeah, that was good. Anything else? I just think, well, what was the point of of doing that? Just tell people to go and watch all the other Friday the Thirteenth films instead. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, ultimately, yeah, it's no. Apart from the fun stuff, it's just more people being killed off by Jason hmm. and there are 
several other films like that. But yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, there's a, there's a character I do want to touch on. Like you always get the weird, you know, like, oh yeah, it was the one with Crispin Glover doing the weird dance. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it was a, the guy who was just like, had his mouth covered in chocolate, you know. But this at least does have a memorable, memorable character in it. And I mean, it's just unpleasant more than funny. <laughs> but there's like a wee, uh, guy works in a garage and the Jared Padalecki, who's the uh, the new Walker, Texas Ranger. Um, <laughs> although probably that show's been cancelled by now. Um <laughs> He's looking for, he's one who's looking for his sister who got killed off in the first batch. And he was just like, he just says to him, oh, do you want to buy some weed uh, when he's leaving? And it's like, oh, some good shit, man. Like nothing, you know, you see this in horror films all the time, the weed guy. Mm. And then you go back to him. And this is where you get, this is all leading to where Jason gets his mask. And he's what he's reading a porn mag. And then he just starts like dirty talking to it. And... <laughs> And then he's just like, he literally says, and I quote, I'm so glad I get to quote this. Say, say it just the way that he says it as well. I oh, want I the, I want the enthusiasm that the character puts into this line. Yeah. Let daddy have a little lick. <laughs> and then he just starts licking the porn mag. <laughs> and like, oh, and that, I was just like, oh, mate. And then we go back to him and he's the first person um, he killed. No. He gets killed and then Joseph gets the mask. But he's like up in this attic and there's a mannequin there. And he's just like, he's going on about when he had sex with it. And he starts like rubbing it going, oh, are you still tight? And I'm just like, it's a mannequin. It's like, this is like, what is this? Doesn't he say as well, doesn't he say you took my virginity to her as well? (laughs) To a mannequin. And it's like, (laughs) what? It is, yeah, it's just like a memorable character, but for the wrong reasons, just a deeply unpleasant. Yeah. <laughs> the most unpleasant character in it, uh, the rest of them are just annoying. Yeah. Very annoying. Very annoying and in their 30s playing late teenagers. I mean, they get that right as well. Oh, well, that's right. I mean, that's something that always happened in the <laughs> 80s. It is, yeah. I mean, so they, I think they went in, they probably went in with good intentions. Like, hmm. oh yeah, let's just cast 30-somethings. Let's have loads of boobs and bums. Let's make the kills really gory. Let's uh, have this absolutely bizarre, like, character who likes licking porno mags and <laughs> fucked a mannequin. But yeah, it, yeah, there's, it just doesn't have that sense of fun and that, that the others had. No, it even, doesn't. Regardless of their quality, yeah. even one which did technically have Jason in, still fun. Yeah. It did bring up a topic of conversation with me and Tina after we watched it because, again, with the annoying characters and all of this, which, again, all the way through the 80s, it happened. But it, it it got us to thinking because you're watching the horror film, all horror films, and somebody, you know, the the killer will come and, and he'll have an axe and he'll trip or, and you know, the axe will go flying to the, the screaming woman and she'll pick up the axe and instead of twatting the killer over the head with it, she'll run away screaming and you're going, why, why are you doing that? And, you know, similar stuff happens in this. You've got Jason coming and there's a few times where they could have had a go at killing him, but they don't. They do the most ridiculous things. But it got us to thinking how many horror films and I'll put this question to you now, mate. How many horror films can you think of off the top of your head? And the same to everybody listening. Where characters in the film, they get put into a situation, you know, killers after them, um, or mon- monsters, whatever. 
and they actually do things where you'd like to think that in that situation you'd do it. You'd do the sensible thing instead of you're standing there with an axe over the killer who's incapacitated and then you run away instead of hitting them. How many horror films can you think of where they do and they go, yes, that's what you do? Not too many, to be honest. Not many, is there at all? That Tina said the first one that came to mind for her was It Follows. And from yeah. what, we, what we can remember, they sort of did sensible things. Now, I haven't watched it for a while. You know, there could be times when you're going, why did you do that? But off the top of my head, I thought, yeah, that's, that's from what I can remember. That seems to make sense. They did sort of sensible things. But it's really bloody difficult to think of horror films <laughs> where they do sensible things. Again, if anybody can think of that, send us an email. Let us, let us know <laughs> what's going on. We did get some good feedback on Twitter from a couple of people as well. Uh, we had at Mank 7 Muppet 8 uh, he put I love the original Friday the 13th movies I felt the remake whilst watchable lacked something exactly what we've said mate yeah, it? It, yeah, is that on, yeah. certain something um, that, that's just missing that secret ingredient uh, at Yellowbug 1969 uh, as a fan of horror growing up in the 80s I obviously loved the Friday the 13th movies so when the 2009 reboot dropped, I was excited and wary at the same time. Luckily, I was rather surprised. The opening prologue, despite its length, sets the film up nicely for the rest of the movie. For me, the franchise is all about how Jason can dispatch the rest of the cast, and he didn't disappoint. Lots of fun kills and decent special effects made for an enjoyable ride. As the young hatchet fodder and mostly unlikable, I was rooting for Jason all the way. I also liked they showed fan service with Jason's ditching of his head bag for the famous hockey mask. Not the best Friday the 13th movie, but certainly not the worst. I give it 3.5 stars. And I'm actually disappointed we've not had a sequel. Mm. So, yeah, he liked it a bit more than we did, mate. Um, if, uh, yeah, if there was a sequel, I don't know. What could you what could you do with a sequel to that, really, apart from... Yeah, I mean, more of the same, really. But, yeah. I mean, I guess... I haven't heard. I mean, I'm sure there's some remaking development of Friday the 13th, same with Elm Street. Yeah. There's something always stewing with those franchises. And I mean, I mean, the best you can do is what this film did. I mean, or try and inject it with a bit of fun. Yeah. Uh, which I still think is what they probably tried to do, but it just doesn't, didn't really translate. It didn't come through. No. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't, it's not what, what more can you do? I mean, there's been like 12 of these films now. So yeah, you, you do get to the point where, it, but it's it's that double-edged sword, isn't it? The, the, face, like what? <laughs> yeah, the, the fan, the fan in you goes, oh yeah, another Friday the Thirteenth, and then you sort of think about it and go, oh, what can they do though? Can I mean, do... like the well, best you can do is just make up some original kills, have some annoying kids, and it just it just be watchable. I think mm. there's nothing. You're not going to reinvent the wheel. Mm. You're not going to make a five star or a four star film out of it. So yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm glad I rewatched it and that you picked it, even for the fact that I'd forgotten everything about it, and I'm sure in just a matter of weeks I'd have forgotten everything again. Ah, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, when it inevitably comes to my Friday the Thirteenth sort of rewatch um, sessions, I don't think this will be included. I'll just watch, you know, the the first well i've got the um i've got the shower factory box here mm, and it's that's in what there, i want so. yeah that's on my wish list mate that is yeah i will i will probably watch it again when i watch them all through mm. because it's in it 
<laughs> so yeah, you've you have got to. It's in a box set. You've got yeah, to. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that's true. It's yeah, like the Pierce Brosnan Bonds. It's in a box set. Yeah, because I think that the next time I do do a full rewatch of them all, it'll be I'll save it for when I eventually do get that box set. So I probably will end up rewatching it. Having said that, now, yeah, ah, interesting. It, it was all right. It was it was all right, but not but not great. And again, yeah. like we've said, this is the second time in in not is it, was it last, it was last month we we gave the same letterbox score to both films, and we've done it again this month. We yeah. both yeah we oh, both right. marked Stew as it is now known. Uh, as, as, <laughs> how did Stew. I go all the way through that? Not <laughs> stop talking in an Aussie accent. Why why I did have... I not talk like this? Fucking hell, that wasn't even I can't even do Australian now. Some may argue that I never could. Primo bastard Glad, get out of there. Bonza. I mean, I wouldn't say Bonza, but, you know. Yeah, <laughs> not, not, with a, not with a truncheon up his arse. He wouldn't say Bonza, mate, that's for sure. Mm. Yeah, we get that three and a half and we give this two and a half. So yeah. t- two months running, we've we've given both films the same score. That is crazy. Will, uh, it, will it spill over into month three? Oh, let's see if we can go for the triple header. We'll take a break just for a second as we come back. And it's your, I think I finally got it right this time. I'd normally cock this bit up. Your first time watch pick, mate. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back after this. Okay, my first time watch pick is a film from the 80s. It's from 1989, and the poster contains the following things. One, a woman with a gun strapped to her tights. I mean, I don't need to know anymore. I mean... (laughs) Two, a guy dressed up as James Bond pointing a gun towards the viewer. Yes. Three, someone drop-kicking somebody in front of an explosion. (laughs) I'm doubly in now. That's it. I'm sold. Four. Ernest Borgnine's face in a diamond. Oh, my God. Five. A helicopter. All right. If I'm just marking the poster alone, it's five stars. I mean, it would be interesting if anyone actually guessed a film from this. But uh, the Bond-esque character is Brandon Lee. Ernest Borgnine's head is Ernest Borgnine. I don't know if he's going to be contained within a, a diamond in the film. I hope so. That'd be great. Um, this is Laser Mission. <laughs> How was this past his by until now? I don't know. I I mean, the po- uh, God, I hope it's just one of these where uh, the posters just oh, blows yeah. the film away. But um, it could be a lot of fun. It sounds it like I said that poster. I mean, I haven't even seen the poster yet, but just from that description, it's, it's like, that's just on Wikipedia. It's a poster on Wikipedia. Oh, and it is perfection. That's amazing. Please don't let me down. Laser mission. <laughs> Please. All <laughs> uh, right, my rewatch pick uh, for the website recently. I rewatched um, the Buddy Holly story from 1978, if memory serves me right. Um, Blu-ray release looked brilliant. Absolutely fantastic performance uh, by Gary Busey as Buddy Holly. If you've never seen the Buddy Holly story with Busey in it, take a watch. Great, great film. Uh, And it got me in the mood for a little bit of 80s Busey. Uh, So I thought, right, what what is there that I haven't watched for quite a while? 
that I remember being good, but I can't remember anything about it. So I went through the DVDs and there it was on the shelf from 1987, Bulletproof. So oh. I remember you say, oh, Beauty and Bulletproof, that was awesome. Is it, though? This rewatch will will soon let us know if it is awesome or not. Um, again, much like with the TV shows where, you know, you keep saying the Happy Days reference, you know, oh, and then the TV show jumped the shark. I think now it's with films that we remember being good and on a rewatch and now shit that's that's now referred to as doing a stripes on us so yeah i mean i hope so my i've, I've uh, decent memories of of uh of this yeah. so and it's i remember being classic beauty mm. obviously the buddy holly one was beauty before okay whatever happened there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah um I've got good memories. Let's uh, pass the fingers and hope we don't get striped. Yes, we do not want to be striped, mate. That's for sure. So, yeah, they're the two. Um, so they'll be what we're talking about in March. So you've got until then to, to watch them or if you've already watched them. Um, either way, if you want to send us an email and let us know your thoughts about those films or the films that we've talked about in this episode, you can do that. Just go to 60mw.co.uk. Contact form is on there. Or you can email us direct, which is contact at 60mw.co.uk. Uh, Twitter and Instagram are at 60MW Podcast. All of those are numerical 60, not alphabetical. When was the last time I said that, mate? That was a while ago. Uh, yes. It's worth, it, worth the occasional reminder. It is. Someone's time. Just in case. Uh, everything's on there. News reviews, the whole thing. You know by now. Just visit the website and it's all on there. And we'll be back uh, in March talking about, um, was it Laser Mission? Laser mission. Laser mission. Laser mission and bulletproof. <laughs> can we can we three months running agree perfectly on our letterbox scores? I mean the odds on that, if you were you know if we you can't do the we laying money on it would be huge. You put a quid on it and you'd be like a millionaire for three months running to be able to do that is crazy. Definitely a millionaire. Yeah, easily. Um, well as long as long even if we don't agree with the scores, let's hope both of our scores are high anyway. Um Anything over two and a half will do me for both of them, mate. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be happy. All right. Until then, we shall disappear in the blaze of glory, like we always do, with a fantastic goodbye fizzle end to the show. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. You know what? I've not done it. I've done it again. Every all these buttons, and it's like, what's the one button I didn't press at the start of the show? It's I the, know you didn't. It's the one with the bloody it's, theme it's tune on. It's the one with the theme tune on, isn't it? I'm going to press it now. I'm just going to press the button now, and that's it. And I'll edit in the theme tune at the beginning. How fucking professional. Film is called Spill, isn't it? Is it Spill? What's the film? I see. I've forgotten it again. Stir. Fucking. So I'm. I'm getting. Oh, I thought right. <laughs> it's the thing.
thing. So we've only just finished talking about it. <laughs> I've forgotten the name. I've got to tweet. I thought, oh, I'll get a couple of images of the two films we've just been talking about and do a tweet. And they've gone, spill 1980 movie into Google. And wondering why no posters are coming up of it. Fucking hell. Stir. Stir. Oh, look, there it is when I put the right name in. Fuck. 